Welcome, dirty peasants, to episode 7 of the Wartwood Gazette podcast. This week, we'll be covering Amphibia Season 2, Episode 20, True Colors, the Season 2 finale. I'm your host, Thumbaticon. This week, we'll... Joining me today, we have King of the Uzbeks. He's not here. Oh, right. <laughs> He's on his way. Also joining us today, we have Lemur. Oh, everyone. Uh. And we also have uh, Princess Cthulhu. You know, less technical difficulties than Matt's stream, so I feel like we're still out ahead. Thank you, PC. So, after like a long, it was a long wait, but I think we can all say it was totally worth it. Yeah, or we uh, like without a it, doubt that was worth the wait. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was worth the wait for Lemur. I I saw the leak. Um, that, I'm I'm <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry, Matt and the crew, but I I couldn't wait. I I on the other hand haven't seen the leak, so um, yeah, I waited four weeks for this, and it is totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, I woke up that day and. I saw a spoiler when I wound the, like when I was modding the subreddit, and then a friend sent me like sent like told me the news, and then I just watched it so I can moderate the subreddit. But yeah, yeah. yeah. But we we talked about it a Did few we weeks ago. A lot, Two weeks ago, a lot happened. Yeah, it was it was a difficult time for to be like an amphibia fan, but that. Thankfully, the time has passed, and we can all celebrate yeah. for the greatness we're, of that is this episode. We're we're in the clear. All we have next is is however long the hiatus is going to be. Probably like nine months minimum. Ooh, hopefully not. Yeah, probably longer. <laughs> yeah, I I think mm. I think we're probably going to get season three in twenty twenty two. If I'm being honest. Yeah. Yeah, next year, of course. Yeah, that's for sure. I just I see I see Molly McGee taking up the summer. Then we're getting Owl House. Uh, like when 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 is that? Is that August? Actually, this time Owl House is actually going to premiere in June in June this month, and Molly McGee is going to premiere in October. Oh dang! I, I so Owl House is going. Yeah, Owl House is going to be our summer cartoon, huh. while right. Molly McGee is going to be our fall cartoon. Yeah, and then and then I feel like. I feel like we'll get uh, season three next year, which is fine. Gives me time to work on all my on all my fan art that I've been putting off. Mm. We have we have time. Anyway, are yeah. we still waiting? Are we waiting for King still? No, I think we're going. To, I'm gonna wrap up. Like so, basically today's format. We'll go through the first half of True Colors. Then the guys in the chat at halftime will have a little bit of time to share their own thoughts on the finale. Because I, 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 want, I want to get everyone who's had who's been on the podcast these past few weeks a chance to give their thoughts. And then after that, I'll give the second... We'll cover the second half of True Colors. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm just going to... There's going to be a lot more to say about the second half than the first half. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so, I guess I'll we'll start with covering. I'll give a brief summary. I guess of True Colors. Bear with me, please. So, we start with a flashback. Back in L.A., Marcy's in the library, and then she, I think she's studying at first, and then she comes across this really strange book, uh, Dr. P's Extraordinary Guide to Magic and Mystery, and then that's where she learns about the box. And then eventually she gets a, uh, a text from Sasha, as well as her dad, which she meets up with first before meeting up with Sasha and Anne. We see she's crying for some reason. When she rushes out of the house, and then she passes the thrift store and by, by, I guess, a coincidence or fate, the calamity box is just right sitting right there on the, uh, on the wardrobe. We cut back, and then we get the next title card. So several months later, we get back to the group where it's the planters, Marcy. Grime and Sasha, all and Frobo, big crew, all arrive to Newtopia to basically now that the box is recharged to get back home. So we get a scene with Anne and Marcy thinking about and Sprig as well, thinking about their time. Uh thinking about the time and adventures they've had in Amphibia. And then they meet up with Andreas, and just before Andreas uh grabs the box, uh Grime grabs it. And then that's when Sasha and Grime take Andreas hostage, take the rest of the group hostage, and begin their takeover of Newtopia. So while the gate, so so while the planters are being es escorted to the prison, Anne loses her temper. Oh wait, I actually forgot an important part. Sasha tries to send Anne back home, but it doesn't work. So she just sends them off to the dungeon. Anne has it. A tantrum starts a fight with the guards, and then they're interrupted by Yunan, and they all escape back to Sal's uh, restaurant to regroup and rethink their next move. So we get a, we get kind of a montage of where the group splits up, where uh, Olivia, Marcy, and Hop Pop head off to rescue Andreas, while Yunan, Polly, and Frobo uh, distract distract the Toad soldiers on the on the main road. While Anne and Sprig get the gate closed so that the toad reinforcements don't uh, don't arrive and overwhelm them. So basically everything is going a plan. And then meanwhile we cut back to Sasha, who's kind of unhappy that Anne doesn't see Sasha as a friend anymore. And then while Grime tries cheering up Sasha, they come across a mural of Andreas, which once they take it down, reveals a very uh uh very ominous tapestry of of whatever Andreas is thinking for the past thousand years. Then they notice that Anne and Sprig are trying to open the gate. Uh, Sprig and Grime fight, while Anne and Sasha have their own duel. Eventually, both Anne and Sprig uh, win their fights. They close the gates, and then eventually Utopia is essentially taken back before the before the total reinforcements arrive, and that's pretty much the end of the first segment, <laughs> of the first half of True Colors. 
So my own thoughts on this, I really like this this first half. It was well paced, but I felt like it felt like if we got this as its own separate 22 minute episode, I think would have been it, it would have uh, the pacing would have stayed this like would have stayed the same, and I probably would have enjoyed it more. But I understand why they were condensing this rebellion plot in terms of what we get next. So the the fight the fight scenes were nice. The animation was nice, especially with uh, the Anne and Sasha rematch, and we could. The, the the backgrounds of Newtopia getting invaded. I liked how everything's like damaged. There's smoke everywhere. I really like that, those details. So I guess, uh, PC, what were your thoughts on this first half? Uh, my thoughts on, on strictly the first half. Uh, I will say uh, I have I enjoyed it a lot. Uh, I've, been, I've, been ta- I've been looking forward to the storming of Newtopia um, basically since Toadcatcher. Uh, so this this is this was this was very fun, uh, but it was clear that they were they were trying to rush through this a bit, not in a bad way, but this was clearly not the focus of the writers. And so, while it was done well, it was also done quickly. Yes. So, like even that montage we got of the gang splitting up and get and taking care of their own tasks that itself could have been like its own episode or even its its own B plot in a 22 minute segment. Yeah, like I I do think like the whole the whole storming of Newtopia could have been its own episode and I understand why it wasn't and I am glad that they focused on the more important stuff. Um well, I know, I know that we're 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 saving this discussion for later, but I am I am expecting to get that kind of story, the whole you know, rebels fighting against stuff story. I have a, I have a feeling we'll get that in the future, though. So I'm not too worried yeah. about it. Yeah, I think that we'll get the time we've expected, especially with the way that the season goes down yeah uh lemur what were your thoughts on this first half okay first of all i'm gonna save my thoughts for the flashback part for the second half because that is that could that connects to the second half more than the first but on the actual on actual thoughts though uh, this like PC said, uh, I I really enjoyed this first half very very much, and I and but like he said, he, it can also be its own episode, like its own twenty two minute episode. Like it could have been expanded a little bit more if it's like a double, if True Colors was like a forty four minute episode. But it would, but I think that making that, but I think making this its own twenty two minute runtime would have probably uh would have kind of messed up with the pacing that they have here so far which is very much which is very good the pacing in this episode is very very good even though like i could have like even though like 
you could have said uh this first app would would have been its own separate its own 22 minute episode if they wanted to um the rebellion itself was very much fun and the the fight scenes were fantastic as usual for amphibious standards i especially love the Anne and sasha fight i especially yeah that, i especially love that part uh Spring and Grime was something that I did not expect to happen in this episode. A good callback to the pilot. And yeah, uh, there's some fun interactions between characters that I did not expect, like Keonan and Polly, even though it isn't, even though I did not expect that. Olivia and Marcy was a fun was a funny dynamic that I wanted to explore more. And yeah, aside from that, th this was a very good first part. And, like, the moment... I, I know we saw this in the promo, but just, like, the way Andrus reacts when Grime takes the box, like, it's like, he was, like, on the cusp of, like, completing the, like, whatever plan he has, and then, like, once Grime just, like, takes that from him, he just, like, loses it and just, like, charges at him. Yeah. Yeah, like, apparently the Rebellion is actually a good thing. <laughs> yeah, by accident. I will oh. say, while, relate, while you mentioned the promo, I thought the official promo, in retrospect, was great. It mm. was very hype-building, but it didn't give anything away about the big twist or anything like that. So it's a shame it got undermined by Disney pulling it back at the last second, because it was a very good ad. Oh, Uzbek, so give us your thoughts on the first half Oh, of this of this episode so <laughs> we are cutting the, we're cutting the halfway point of the part where uh newtopia is saved from the rebels oh yeah okay that makes sense all right i liked it i thought it was pretty good i think in retrospect it runs into a little of the indiana jones problem where sasha and grime hadn't been leading a rebellion if they'd been telling the truth the same essential stuff happens I mean, Andrews gets a box of deals, he's evil, they fight. So in that sense, but it was very cinematic. I liked the fight with Sasha and Anne. I liked Sasha and Karma. They're like, are we the good guys? That's weird. Uh, I appreciate Sasha's skill. <coughs> her doubts going forward. And yeah, solid start. Yeah, the Sasha and Anne fight was very, uh, or even their first, like, their first argument right before uh, Sasha sends them away, like, you could feel, like, you could, I fell for Anne when Sasha just. I wish we got, like, a little bit, a little bit more of the scope or the size of Newtopia, because, like, apparently Grime is able to just, like, yell from the balcony and everyone can hear him. <laughs> like, are the acoustics just good in Utopia where, like, you can just shout from the balcony and everyone can hear you? I will oh, say, Utopia did feel a lot smaller this episode. Yes. We didn't even see the townies a lot in this episode, which I am kind of disappointed we, we about. We saw Gertie. We saw Gertie. Yeah, Gert yeah, Gertie, but 
all of the other all of the other Newtopians that we've seen in the Newtopia <laughs> are, are pretty absent. Absent Bella, Priscilla, and Pearl, which I'm very much hyped for, but they didn't appear. Yeah, maybe maybe in the future. I hope so. Yeah, I'm. Oh, actually, I'm thinking about the second half, but yeah, I'm sure they'll make a return. I mean, they were they were all very fun characters. Oh, go ahead, Uzbix. Well, yeah. <laughs> ultimately, one-off characters, um, and we've got a lot of stuff to cover. So, probably no more than cameos going forward. I think. So, uh, like Yunan, Yunan showing up. Like, I remember the 2B trailer, it showed Yunan surrounded by a bunch of toads, and she's, like, about to give her, like, her catchphrase. And I remember a lot of us were thinking, like, okay, when is that scene showing up? When is that scene showing up, like, every week? And then eventually, like, we finally get it. And it, it wasn't that long, it's just, I was just thinking about, like, how, like, <laughs> just that, that scene alone, like, that, like, those few frames got us all hyped for True Colors, because we knew, like, that was pretty much, like, the only episode it could show up in. <laughs> yeah. I'm actually surprised that it didn't take place in the throne room. <laughs> like, we we were all thinking that. <laughs> yeah, it was just, like, a, like yeah, because we all thought it was the throne room because it was so close to... The aesthetic. Yeah, yeah like, because you can recognize that, like, <laughs> those pillars and stuff in the, in the frame. Mm-hmm. And then, I wasn't expecting anything to happen when Sasha tried opening the box, but, like, I, I, I did really get, like, a little bit, like, nervous when she was, like, prepared to send Anne back home. Yeah, because no, I going to send Anne that up home really well in the season two finale, obviously. Hmm. That was sarcasm. Like, the sound, the sound design and the music was really on point. It made you think that just for a moment, maybe they could zap back. And then, like Anne's first, like in, <laughs> her first, her first thought is to like like embrace the planners, which yeah. was so. Like, that was really nice. Uh, I do wonder what happened to the to the box back home where it just activated. They just opened the box and it got them transported to Amphibia. It makes me wonder why it didn't happen here. Like, I mean, it's clear that there's some manipulation and different settings for the box, like what Marcy did at the end. Sorry to get ahead. Yeah, yeah. There opened was like some control. Not in the way that it opened a portal back home, where it came out of the box and they all got sucked in. There was like a clear hmm. thing you could jump in and out of. So clearly, there are different settings that Marcy and Andreas have studied. Yeah, I was thinking that too. Like there was some sort of controls in the box that you need to activate before you yeah. trans before you open portals. Well, there, there are, I mean, we know that Marcy learned how to use the box when she extracted the gems all the way back in uh, the first temple. First temple, yeah. Yeah, so that, that wasn't too much of a surprise. We already knew that Marcy was was fully cape, had, had read up on how to properly use the box. If it wasn't for the proposition, she could have easily, like, opened the portal easily. She doesn't need Andrea's help at all. Sorry oh, for getting ahead. Absolutely. Uh, no, Marcy could have sent them home at any time. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, and that nod when Andreas that Andreas gives Marcy when he's getting taken away. <laughs> it's like you know they got a plan going on. It does make me wonder what would what would Grime and Sasha have done if there wasn't any of that and 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 Marcy had just gotten ready to send them home. What, 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 what do you mean if them? like <coughs> oh if Mar- at the third temple Marcy said yeah let's go home yeah I wonder because I think I mean it's a moot point but it's fun to yeah, think about it is. Anyway, it's getting real hard to talk about what's going on without talking about the second half. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I did not, I did not anticipate, like, I didn't anticipate it would be this difficult. Oh, well, I mean, that's that, that kind of the thing. The first half, that, that's that's the problem with with dividing the, uh, this whole this whole podcast into halves is that into commercial breaks. Actually, yeah, into commercial <laughs> breaks is is that. So much of the beginning of this episode was set up and pay, was set up set up and then paid off in the second half, and the second half is also where stuff from across the entire season, in fact, a couple seasons ago, have have been uh are being paid off now. I mean, we could talk about uh, like, the mural. Oh, could. go ahead, Lemur. I was about to say that we all thought, like, for this season, like, the pit, like, the big, the big, the big event that is going to happen is the, is the invasion to Newtopia. But the fact that it's just the setup is, is a testament to how big the scale of the show really had become. Yeah, and I actually, I did talk about this earlier, but I think, I guess this is now a good as time as any to talk about it, the um, just the natural escalation of stakes in this show is just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, from se- from season one all the way to season two, uh, the show has been just raising the stakes in a in a very natural progression, so that it never really feels like you're suddenly watching a different show. Yes, there's a there's a there's a transition between like between each step, like uh, Anne's growth in season one, mm-hmm. and then her like defending the town in toe tax, and then that's also like another escalation towards reunion, where like Hop Hop like in that one episode where Hop Hop like runs for mayor, like becomes like the 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 catalyst of like. A class war. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I think it's just something that the crew is is doing is has done so well because at no point between uh, Anner Beast and uh, and True Colors did it ever feel like Amphibia like like did a big tone shift, but. When I look back on the first episode and the latest episode, it's clear that there was a tone shift. It was just so gradual and built up that you ne- it never really put you off. It's a slow burn. It is. It is a very slow burn, and I, I think a big deal, a big part of that is, and I, I, I'm stealing this from a YouTuber, uh, the, the third Bill. Uh, he he described Amphibia as having. Um, as as having like a hidden complexity to it, 
Like I wouldn't even say it's hidden. Like not, these not characters hidden. are really not 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 hidden complexity per se. Um, I forgot what exact what phrase he used. Uh, but but basically, it 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 takes the consequences and growth from episode and actually keeps it going forward. Yes, like even with Sasha, you can see like there are consequences for her, like for her regressing basically on what we've seen her do in that brief moment between like the third temple and true colors. Yeah, exactly. I can also say like the progression of the progression of the themes of this show, of the seasons of the show kind of reflects the kind of reflects the kind of reflects the calamity gems too like i don't know i did i don't know if this has been brought up before but the three seasons of the show really reflects also reflects like the 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 traits of the calamity gems like you got season 1 which is slice of life which is about heart about heart that and cultivates and then season two is about adventure solving puzzles solving a mystery and just having fun like wits then in season three there's strength which is you know action like it looks like season three is heading i'm sorry about getting ahead there too but i I just want to point that too i just want to point that out and that mural that Sasha and Grime found, like, was... I feel like if we had a 22-minute episode, I feel like we wouldn't need that... that obvious, like, curtain, like, throwing off the curtain and seeing what's behind it, like, moment. We could have had something, like, another way where Sasha and Grime would, like, discover that Andrews has an ulterior motive. I will say, I will say, Andreas has, um... I mean, I, I gotta respect the... Cut off there. Just there. Oh, oh you, you cut off PC. Can you repeat that? Up there, PC. Uh, I just gotta say, I, I respect Andrea. I respect Andreas for just having that mural in his throne room. Yeah, the amount of... Like, the balls it takes... To have probably that have that painted for probably a thousand years and just like covering it up with a sheet, <laughs> and no one no one got suspicious of that. Like none of like the cleaners just like oh let me just dust off this curtain. Oh what is this? <laughs> the end of the end of the world as we know it. <laughs> but. Uh, in that in that mural, you could see like the moss man and the uh, the shadow fish in the cor- yeah. in the corner, which you moss. know they look quite a bit like Anne in her uh, super form, kind of. I mean, mm. I I guess a li- I mean they do have branches sticking out of their head yeah. and they are fluffy, so similarity perhaps. In 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 silhouette, there are some similarities. What would they actually play? Like, what role would the Lost Man and the Shadowfish would play? 
in the My mayoral. guess is they're from other worlds that were similarly yeah. once. I mean, I've, by I've, I've, I've talked. Utopia. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I've, I've talked about how <coughs> the basement is just full of souvenirs from other worlds that Andres is keeping locked up. Um, yeah. So we'll see if they play a minor role going forward or a bigger role. They'll, they'll play some role, I feel. Yeah. Like. They're, they're in the mural, so they're going to have some. Plus, the Moss Man was set up all the way in season one. So, and, and Matt and the crew have have been nailing their setups. I don't I don't feel like they'd go through the effort of setting up Moss Man all the way back and Wally and Anne if they weren't going to go through with it. Yeah. Oh, uh, wait, Tom. Yeah, sorry about that. I cut, I cut off. Where, where did I cut off? Uh, they were just going to talk about how Moss Man's play, like how the, the role of Moss Man that was set back in Wally and Anne. Oh, I don't think I said that. I might have been PC or Uzbek. Yeah, they they said that. Oh, okay. I'm not saying about the murals. If you look at the top, you've got the three. Sorry, there's someone else nearby. Um. You can see the three people with the three colored gems above the box right. at the very top. So, were they originally on Andreas' side? Was that symbolic of him? We'll see. And does make me wonder about what the uh, skip man was up to. Where what happened to them? Probably they're dead, but you know. Yeah. So I don't want. The second half of the episode doesn't cover this, so I guess we can we can talk about it now if you'd like. We don't get anything about the skip man, and we don't get anything about the monster creature, like the base, the the monster in the basement. So, and I guess that makes sense because there was a lot going on in the second half. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But I'm just surprised that the first temple like would show us that 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 early on. Yeah, well, I mean, it gives it, it it helps set our expectations, like how we got Frobo all the way in season two, episode one B, just so we would have our expectations set for there being advanced technology in Amphibia. In the first temple, they showed us the uh, creature in the basement. Uh, goes by a lot of names, but we 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 were shown that, so our expectations would be set going forward, in much the same way. And I think it keeps a bit of mystery about Andreas going forward. If we hadn't seen that before, we would think, oh, well, we figured out what he's all about. We know everything there is to know. He just wants to go up there. But having that monster still unexplained keeps an air of mystery around Andreas and his plans Yeah, that we it, wouldn't have otherwise. It all, yeah, it, it also does that, absolutely. So I'm looking over RGU's notes if there's anything else we want to talk about. Like, Marcy's book had a lot of, uh, had two Disney TVA references with uh, Bill Cipher and uh, Goliath from Gargoyles. Oh, shoot. Gar Gargoyles is actually canon in this world? 
I'm pretty sure Gargoyles is canon in, like, in every Disney show. <laughs> Like this is the like, but Amphibia is like the first first show from DTVA aside from Ducktales that I've I've seen a, a gargoyles reference. It's like that Doofenshmirtz meme where it's like, if I had a had a nickel for every time I saw a gargoyles reference in 2021, I'd have two nickels. Two nickels, which is which is a few which is a few, but it's weird. It happened twice. Yeah, that. <laughs> Yeah, that Bill Cipher screenshot was like, yeah, that was like the, I think the most posted image before True Colors actually aired that I had to take down. <laughs> oh, thank, thank goodness really I didn't see that then. Even more than which, uh, other stuff. Yeah, scene? yeah, even more than other stuff, which is which is odd, but at least it was like, well, some of the other stuff was mentioned and was more of a. It was more of a thing that happened in the comment section, which was harder for me to track, but... Oh. Well, but yeah, I guess... I'm, I'm... Oh, go ahead, Lemur, sorry. Well, I was I was gonna say that I guess that kind of confirms that May, the GF, Gravity Falls, and Amphibia does exist in the same universe, but, but they oh. don't really interact with one another. <laughs> when in doubt, multiverse. Not multiverse, but like they they take place in the same the same America, but they're completely separated. You know, it'd be weird going from one state to another, and like everyone's like taught like everyone's like proportions are super different. Yeah, Gra at least in gravity, <laughs> like at least the at least in gravity falls. Like it's contained at least the mist, like the mystery. The mystery elements were contained at like one in one town. Like Los Angeles might be might be onto something weird. Like it's going to explode. But uh what else do we want to talk about? Honestly, I think I mean, we need to move on to the second half. Yeah, <laughs> I know we're all waiting for that. Yeah. All right. So last call for first half. Going once, going twice. All right, we're gonna start to about the second half. I guess I'll give a brief summary first of the second half. Uh, Andrew, like Anne, gives the box to Andreas. Andreas gives his little monologue about making Utopia great again. <laughs> and then uh and then he pretty much like it's a mask off from here on on here onwards. He activates the castle that launches into the sky and then far away like miles away a bunch of factories reactivate, like the ones we saw in Fort Fort in the Road, and like a bunch of robos get made and are just immediately sent to the castle for reinforcements. So like, Anne and like everyone's ready to fight, and then Marcy like goes in between to try and mediate the situation, which is completely out beyond her control, and that's when Andrews reveals that Marcy like, knew what the box did and, like, what it does, 
and she pretty much she pretty much teleported her and Anne and Sasha here on purpose because her dad was moving away and they would they would they wouldn't be together. But then they'd be together here in Amphibia and travel to different worlds if she gave the box to Andreas. And so Anne pretty much rallies the group again. They have a fight. And then just when all the all of Andreas's uh Frobo units are destroyed, uh he tries to step on Polly, but then Frobo inter inter interferes. And then Andreas basically one shots Frobo and I guess Frobo dies. And then when Andreas tries to finish off Polly, Polly grows her legs and she rushes to grab the box, but then Andreas has Sprig hostage. And then even though they give up the give up the box, Andreas just drops Sprig out of the castle, like while they're up in the air. And then we just get this like really emotional flashback of Anne, like recalling her time with Sprig. And then we get we get uh, the season one credits from a different angle, and then Anne's connection with the box starts to like activate somehow. And while Marcy like she jumps out the window, gets grabs Joe Sparrow to rescue Sprig, Anne pretty much transforms into her like her super super mode, and she pretty much just like one shots like she just she pretty much takes on Andrew's heads like head on, one v one. Well, not 1v1. She takes out all the Frobos surrounding Andreas, and they get in a quick fight. But then eventually, like, Anne's super, her gem powers fade away. But then, like, Sprig is there to comfort her. So then just when Andreas is about to, like, he, like, pretty much recovers from Anne's, like, attack, uh, Marcy has grabbed the box, and she opens a portal back home. And then while Grime and Sasha hold Andreas off, everyone runs into the portal. And just when Marcy's about to join them, uh, she gets impaled by Andreas. And then she collapses, drops the box, and then the planters end up on Earth. And that's the end of Act Part 2 and the end of Season 2. So, uh... Yeah, a lot, a lot, like the second half was a lot more interesting. No, I wish I shouldn't say a lot more interesting. It was probably like the culmination of season two. And like after this, like this is honestly like my favorite Disney animated show for me. And before I, I get into your thoughts, uh, I'm going to, we're going to let the chat join in. And give their thoughts on the episode. So, I guess who's in the general right now? Nick, do you want to go first? Raise your hand if you want. Wait, can they request to speak? Wait. I, I think so. Yeah, they can. Like, King, we King we did. Started, we probably should have started this out before we started, to be honest. Oh, I can. Okay. I'm going to start with Nick. Let's see if he's oh, if yeah, he's yeah. ready. 
I think he's AFK. He's AFK? Okay. Who else, who else is in general right now? Well, there's there's Joy in our... There's Joy. Yeah, I think... Let, let's check with Joy. There he is. Hello. So, Joy, what were your thoughts on True Colors as a whole? As a whole, okay, man, I have so much to talk about, but I think I'm, I think I'm gonna keep it to one scene. Uh, so, uh, comedy powers have been confirmed. That's that's a wow, and has been powered up. With the with the gem that's uh, and it's very 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 exquisitely the gem that's causing the powers obviously so that's I, I have made a bet for those that don't know I have made a bet that uh it wouldn't happen and it happened so well and it happened in the best way possible like ants uh how do the the branch growing with leaves like following her trail, her path of, like, pure wrath as she beat up Andreas. Man, so it's just straight up out of the best parts of anime, dude. Oh, the, and that palette, that color palette with her suit and her hair, dude. Oh my god, I need to draw that when I can. Man, she, that was an, that was amazing. Uh, that them dropping Sprague was uh I mean yeah I wouldn't say it was unexpected. I if anyone had to be dropped for Anthony, you know, uh angry enough to get that transformation, yeah, it would have to be Sprague. Not uh plus he didn't actually die on like someone else. So it wasn't all that surprising. But still, wow. This this episode really, really set I, I don't even know what to say. This episode, it's 11 out of 10. Uh, it leads up to the third season so excellently. It's just, it's magnificent. There's no other word. All right. Thank you, Joy. So up next, uh, Pixels, do you want to go next? Let me invite him to speak. All right, I sent you the invite. Hi, hello. Hi, Pixels. It's hello. nice to meet you. Yeah, first time. So, so what are your thoughts on what were your thoughts on True Colors? Uh, I probably need therapy after that, but after all, <laughs> it 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 beats a uh, Infinity Train Book Three's finale for me. Because the pacing of the episode before, like Battle of the, B Battle of the Bands and the Dinner, to True Colors was just fantastic. Probably one of the best pacings I've ever seen. I do agree that I feel like True Colors should have been an hour based on how it was structured. But it was still good. Matt Brawley did Matt Brawley and his team did a great job on how they did it. Those fight scenes were phenomenal. 
and going uh, Super Saiyan on uh, Andreas was fantastic. Made me shed a tear. Then that scene happened, and I actually started crying. But that then uh, it's just oh, I'm still like my my hairs are still standing up from that scene. It's just like the show is just it's like top tier for me. It's so great. I love it. And Disney Channel is doing the right thing. Well, besides uh, not not putting in schedule where it was supposed to uh, premiere, but fantastic all around. And Pixel, what what were your because uh, the chats tell you because usually usually when a new person comes on the podcast, I ask them like their thoughts on season two or the show overall. So if you want, you can. What were your thoughts on Amphibia Season 2 or Amphibia Overall? Amphibia Overall is a fantastic show. The the character, the characters are really great. The development. I love how we got, like, episodes of other characters, like uh, Wally and Felicia in Season 2 and all that stuff. We got, especially the reunion episode, which is the Season uh, 1. Finale was fantastic. Just, all in all, Amphibia is a really great show, and I can't wait to can't wait for uh, season three to hop by probably next next year. And yeah, yeah. fantastic. All right, thank you, Pixels. No problem. So up next, up up next, we have Venom. So let me. I think Venom can invite himself in. I, yeah. So Venom, what what were your thoughts on uh, True Colors? Oh, um, I love the episode, and um, I was expecting like, well, the pacing itself, though I like was wasn't expecting the rebe- um, the rebellion to like to last like for like in an entirety of its twenty six episode runtime, and I was like, as it happened though, the the re- the rebellion only lasted like for for the for the first half. In its eleven minute runtime, like, like, um, like Sasha and Grime already got Barrel's Warhammer, and they already got all the all the um the Toad Towers army on their side to start the rebellion to for the invasion of Newtopia, and then all that backfired as soon as the um. The, um, and the planters and the others, like, like stop the, stop the invasion. And the soundtrack itself, again, props to T.J. Hill for the for the for the composition of composing the um, the um, of its episode. Eventually, like, notably the um, the second half. The eleven minutes of its runtime, it's just like top tier goodness. Yeah, that that the music playing when like Anne is remembering her time with Sprig, like that that was really emotional, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there, there's no dialogue, it's just it was just I think like a piano, I guess. Yeah. 
like no dialogue he just like just witnessing on your own to feel the emotion on what was happening the moment it hits all right anything anything else you want to add venom um no none not at all like nothing all right so i think up next we'll have chuck is chuck here So Chuck, you you saw the episode like last night. Yeah. When it, hit, when it went on demand, so uh, you you yeah. had the I think you were one of the people with the, a fresh. Uh, it, well, yeah, still... like, yeah, like a sort of fresh, I guess. What what were your thoughts on uh, this finale? Uh, it was crazy, like especially the second half. Uh. The stakes were like the stakes went from like ten to eleven, really fast. Uh, I think Andreas did a uh, had an excellent performance by Keith David. Uh, everything from the day at the aquarium episode got a payoff. Uh, the con he was a conqueror. Uh, we got I guess some lore behind his friends. And the, uh, what else was that? Oh, the other worlds too, which set up the uh, the ending where Anne and the planters end up in separate and on Earth in California. Um. Uh, uh, I liked Sasha's. Uh, I like Sasha's plot line. Where she's like sort of like questioning uh what she's actually doing uh, uh the final the animation at times was really great I liked how fluid it was, uh especially the Anne and Sasha fight, and then this fight scenes we get in the throne room uh yeah, I think another animation studio stepped in to help animate that. I forgot the name of it. Uh yeah, I think I I think I saw one of their clips. I forget. Yeah, I forgot the name of it, of it was, but I think I small, they should... small bit animation. I think that's why they call. Yeah, I, th I think they guest starred on Mau Mau, which is a different. Oh. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, I guess those are most of my thoughts. All right, thank you, Chuck. And if anyone, if anyone else joins the chat later on, because I know, like, I anticipate. Oh, is RGU here? Okay, RGU, get in, get in here. Let me invite you to speak. Did you get the, the, the invite thing? Yeah, he has. He has to accept it. Hello? Hey, RGU. Yeah. Uh, can, can you hear, hear you? me? Yes. What were your thoughts on True Colors? So, like, uh, I may or may not feel like 30 minutes crying after the episode ends. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. So, like, this episode, you know how like, the. Animation, 
yeah, everything is just so good. Like I can't believe they killed like the bad fairy character too. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm still sad from that. So like, uh, I kind of want to talk about like the messy crying scene. So like, I kind of get it because I have like a similar experience on that and. Like, it's like uh everyone have like their pillar like fame money family friends and like when those things like get broken and people will try to be defensive about it so that's why like Marcy ran away because like her pillar being a friend is like being taken away and like uh like when Marcy say like look at how much you've grown look at spread I give you spread I give you everything it's like she's trying to defend herself like she's trying to create this like a uh, emotional wall and she's trying to justify herself she tried to use logic and like she knows that uh and is like slowly backing away so when sorry i'm not good at work uh, yeah i understand rg like that that scene with marcy like the desperation like you you understand it but you understand like how far like that that was like that was too far gone but you you, you understand why marcy was willing to cross that line i guess yeah yeah it's <sighs> and like the sheer horror she like the heart like her face when andrews is the one who tells Anne and 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 sasha and everyone about this like yeah that really that was really hard to watch yeah and like in the end where when like everyone backed away and she is like alone <laughs> It's like yeah. a, a cherry on top. And I guess we'll go more into discussion about this, but Marcy didn't want to be alone, but it's weird how she is the one who like ended up in Utopia far away from like from Anne and Sasha. <laughs> but Oh yeah, you're right. I guess but I know I am guessing the other guys will have more to say about that. But thank you, RGU. Anything else you want to add? Like anything? Mm -hmm. Any final thoughts? Yeah, ten out of ten episode, best episode ever. Yeah, for sure. All right, thank you, RGU. So I guess, thanks, guys, in the chat for giving your thoughts. Now, I guess starting with, I'm thinking. I I know Lemur brings the. The, uh, the so I'll, I'll save him for last. But uh, Uzbek, so what, what were your, what were your thoughts on the second half? It was good. I, sorry, there family nearby, so I'm gonna have to dip for a few minutes. Oh, okay, no worries. Uh, PC, what, what were your thoughts on the second half? All right, well, let, let me pick your brain. <laughs> I've got a lot of thoughts. Um, well, give us. Give us a third of those thoughts for now. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, let's see. 
I mean, people have already done a lot of talking about a lot of the, the you know, just a lot of how good so much of the stuff in this scene was. The animation, well, in this, the second half was. The animation, the fact that Amphibia and the entire crew actually went there. Uh, so I'm actually going to talk about how much, uh, since I have to choose one thing right now, I'm going to talk about how absolutely loved Andreas in in this in in this episode like yes oh my god this is peak villain writing uh i i know i've said it a bunch of times before but he he is such an emblematic he is so emblematic of a toxic abusive relationship and that, that of course culminates in that one scene i think we all know what which scene uh, where he says, look what you made me do, which is right out of the abuser's handbook. But I think I think the thing that makes me that makes me love Andreas the most is how much of a parallel he has to Anne and and to the girls in general, but especially to Anne, I feel like. Because and again, I know, I know this is just another one of my my crack theories, but it really feels like the show is is drawing a lot of strong parallels between Anne and Andreas. Both of them, well, are very strongly associated with the color blue, and both of them have been betrayed by people who they once called friends. Now, obviously, Andreas is an unreliable narrator, so it seems likely that the betrayal probably is not a black and white cut and dry thing like he presented it. But uh, the fact is that Andreas does still feel like he was betrayed, and that's a whole part of his motivation. Andreas has, has bottled up this resentment and anger for a thousand years, and it has turned him into a figurative and literal monster. And I think, I I think that's really interesting because Anne has also been betrayed by her friends, and she also has a lot of anger and resentment. But in the moment, she didn't bottle it up. She admitted that they had all made mistakes, but that they were just mistakes, and that Andreas was was the true evil. And I think that was a really important moment because that kind of shows the big difference between Anne and his characters. Anne forgives her friends because she has grown as a person, and Andreas does not. And 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 I think I think that theme has been was reflected a little bit during the one scene where Andreas was going to toss Sprig out a window, where he decided to teach her a lesson, like she said like your friend like like you know like my friends may have have messed up but i still love them and andreas saw that and decided to prove to Anne that the only thing that loving your friends gets you is pain i mean yeah you you really like you really summed up the Anne and andreas like parallels like I, I want to come back to, like, I, I think I've spoken with you guys about this, like, multiple times, but, like, that very brief shot of Anne giving up 
giving the box to Andrews is probably like my favorite. I think my favorite like scene or moment, not moment, my favorite like screen cap of the show. But like how much is like going on in just like that simple frame, like where Anne, you have Anne, like the shot, like the shot is focused on Anne with Andrews like moving back. I think other than Andrews's first appearance, that this scene was like where you could really like get feel the scale of Andrews and what his like and what his ambition like what it, what that effect like how that affects amphibia like and how like Anne's Anne's journey is the focus of the show but Andreas's plan is like the it's like the end game I guess and like you can see like the I don't want to say desperation but like the look in Andreas's eyes where like he's like so like he he knows he knows Anne is like not gonna not gonna listen to sasha like i think like I, I, think, I think obsession is the word you're looking for obsession yes and he he knows sasha has like broken Anne's trust and he knows Anne is just going to give the box to him like he know like it's he thinks Anne at this point pretty much and that he's going that everything is going to go according to plan and i, just, I love that shot so much uh but but thank you pc for like for bringing bringing that up about Anne and Andreas, uh, is Uzbek's back? You there? I mean, I've been here okay. listening, but I'm not able to engage in the conversation like I need to be able to today. So carry on. All right. So Lemur, what were what were your thoughts on? I uh, what what do you want to talk about right now first? Well. I guess I think it's pretty obvious um, what I want to discuss in this episode in particular. Like this one, ep this one episode, there's one thing that I want to talk about in callers. Let's talk about Marcy. From the get go, um, True Colors did three things in the first two minutes of this episode. One, it completely denounces the idea that Marcy is fucking is a shallow character. She isn't. She was never a she was never a shallow character back then. And she was she is not a shallow character now. Especially with the revelation that we've learned that we've learned in this episode. Second, it doesn't. It also denounces the fact that she is a betrayal in the aspect that she is an absolutely evil character. She wasn't. And third, it didn't. It didn't paint her as a perfect character who is flawless, who is mistakeless. She did something mistake. She did make a lot of mistakes. That and that mistakes pretty much fueled the entire show. This episode completely establish that Marcy is one of the most important characters of this entire show, of this entire narrative. So, from the beginning, like, from the flashback, we got and we got Marcy. Uh, we immediately got Marcy's motivation 
from this episode, which is, well, not only from this episode, but from the entire series, which is her loneliness. The fact that she can't, she can't cope with the fact that she may be leaving the only friends that she, that she has ever had. And the fact that, and that hurts a lot. And people condemn Marcy for some reason, because why does she do that? It's a stupid idea. Like, I think those people look at it in a very logical way. And I think that's a, that's 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 an inappropriate perspective to look at because it denounces the emotion that Marcy went through in that situation. She was 13. She's 13 years old. She's pretty young and she doesn't think straight when she used she doesn't think straight because she doesn't understand the like the severity of the problem because She's like, even though she's very smart, she's not very good at emotions. And when, when she faces the reality that she may be leaving the only friends she had soon, it got to her, and it and it made her spiral out of control, looking for an answer to avoid that reality. She wants, she doesn't want to end. She doesn't want to end the friendship that she, the only friendships that she has. So, in spite, in spite of everything that happened, I can never really hate her for for everything that she did. That doesn't, that doesn't make her, that doesn't condone her for her actions. But it does make you understand why she did it. And that also, that also really recontextualizes every single Marcy episode that we had so far, from the Newtopia arc to New Wartwood to Maddie and Marcy. Like, people complain about the Marcy episodes being filler and non-existent, and how Marcy doesn't really do much in the plot. This episode recontextualizes that episodes and make them mean more. Because not only... The reason... The reason why the Marcy episodes that we got feel so non-existent is because that's all what she wanted. She wanted adventure. She wanted fun. She wanted a good time with her friends and herself. She wants to avoid that grim reality back home. And we talk about a while back, we did an analysis on Marcy back on the main server, and this is li- this is literally the exact same thing that happened. That analysis stated the exact same thing that happened here. Amphibia is an escape, is an escape for her, but that doesn't mean, and that, and that, and that was perfectly demonstrated on her breakdown when she was confronted by everybody she wanted while she may be she may be saying that all of the all of the things she did was for her friend's sake ultimately it's about herself 
and how she doesn't want to lose her friends. She doesn't want to lose the only people that she cared about. And how she she could she's like she starts saying about how much fun they had, about how much about how she says she says that she gave Anne everything from her from her family to her friendship with Sprig to her growth. She's saying that despite she's saying that all of those things are good for her, even though in reality, in the basic sense, it's all for her own good. Well, not because she doesn't want to confront the fact that she is going to lose them soon. And and that really got to me because yeah, like I said, she is not perfect. She is not like what PC said or you guys said, they're not perfect people. And so they they're just kids that make big mistakes. And Marcy's mistakes are fueled by guilt, by sadness, by loneliness. And that's something that a lot of people can connect with, especially for me. I I I I understand Marcy's plight. I understand her pain. And that really and that and in retrospect that really her fate in this episode got to me so much seeing her seeing her be go out like that is real is probably one of the most heartbreaking things i've seen in recent memory and god like it's just it's so it's so heartbreaking like marcy marcy went from one of the like Marcy from this episode, Marcy immediately shot up into the most tragic characters in this show. Like, I can't help but feel absolutely terrible for her. Yeah, Marcy really uh Oh, I'll be right back. PC, what what were your thoughts on this? On, on back, so could I? Oh yeah, oh, yeah. Go ahead, Uzbek. Go for yeah, it, go sorry. ahead, Uzbek. Nice. Uh, a couple responses to what you guys said. Uh, PC uh, Keith David performance was also a big part of it. Guys, he's just so good in every role, and he that sort of the random flip flopping between affable and just pure malice was so great. Um, I agree with all of what Lumer said about Marcy. It, I thought I did a good job synthesizing several strands we've seen from her sort of naive trust of authority figures to uh, lack of care for the feelings of others to her tendency to handle crises as poorly. All of those threads were brought together for that heart-wrenching scene. Um, and then, so yeah, you covered a lot. Um, <coughs> I appreciated. Some people might say it's rushed, but Sasha and Grimes setting aside quickly to work with Anne and the planters. 
I thought worked well, sort of understanding that there's this bigger threat now. Um, that Sprig scene really recontextualized the season one credits. But yeah. And, and like, I guess Anne was probably recalling her most. And I'm just, I'm not surprised. It's, it's not surprising that for me, to me, that Anne pretty much when she saw Sprig like fall, like she was thinking about like, she wasn't thinking about like, like the climax of one of their adventures. Like she wasn't thinking about like her and Sprig on an adventure or whatever. She's just thinking about like the most. The calm moments. Like, yeah, the, yeah, I want to say, yeah, probably the most dull moments. Where actually, with the exception of reunion, where she like she's thinking about like Sprig, the way like Sprig like encouraged her to stand up for herself against Sasha, but then seeing that like the most time we spent the most time with her just like thinking about them just like hanging out after at sunset, I guess, and like that meant so much for her. I don't know that was that was such an emotional scene, and I'm so gl- I'm I'm happy that the season one credits like have like the it's a i can't i can't go back to the season one episodes watch the credits and like not think and and not think the same way about this like yeah i'm very i'm happy that they made the season one credits canon because then it made it so much more impactful yeah agreed also for uh Sasha and Grime, yeah, they're going to come back. They're going to be persistent. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Oh, since we mentioned Sasha, I just love how uh, Sasha was talking about how she doesn't want to go home and she wants to rule Amphibia. And then when Marcy tells them that they all, uh, that she brought them all to Amphibia, like, Sasha is, like, pretty quiet. Like, (laughs) I was expecting her to, like, have, like, to, for her to like scream her thoughts out, but I guess he was doing some uh, deep thinking. I mean, she had she had a small reaction, but yeah, it was definitely Anne who was the most hurt by that realization. Can I also point out how Hay- Can I also point out Haley Jew's performance in this episode, particularly yeah, in the last was... few moments? That, uh... that was... She was. She was fantastic. Like, we've been saying, like, pretty much everyone here is fantastic. Like, sorry about that. That uh, no, I was gonna say that's like, fine. That oh, go ahead, Lumer. Yeah. Well, I was gonna say that uh, we've been saying that the VAs for the show are fantastic, but the st- but the absolute standouts here are definitely Keith David and Haley Chu. They are exceptional in this. Do you, like, I can't, for Andreas now, I can't see, after this episode, I can't see anyone else voicing King Andreas other than Keith David. Like, even, like, the the scenes, like, the episodes before, like, it's the, the voice of authority, a king, so, like, regal, but a sense of humor. But here, like, making that switch from the mentor to the villain... 
like, I can't picture anyone else other than Keith David voicing this, like, horribly evil, horribly, like, cunning and suave villain. Oh, yeah. No, Keith, Keith David knocked this performance out of the goddamn park. He's always like, been, like, even... an exceptional voice actor, but his, as Andreas, is something else, really. <laughs> like, Andreas here, like, he has, like, the charm. He has, like, he has, like, the, the fight in him. Like, especially when, when Andreas, like, just pulls out a flaming sword out of nowhere. <laughs> letting you know, and then, like, like he's just having like the time of his life. Like he's not at that point he was he was not even concerned about losing to these guys until Anne like powered up with the gem. Like prior to that moment, he was in complete control of like the scene and like Keith David just like completely like like sold that performance of Andrew's just like taking over the taking over the universe and having a good time about it. <laughs> And, uh, I guess we can talk about, uh, Frobo. So not only, not only did the Amphibia crew impale and possibly kill off a teenager, they also killed a baby, which is Frobo, because Frobo was, was basically established as a baby, and, they, <laughs> and the ship killed him off. He's not dead. He's less dead than Marcy is. Oh my god, stop. What? And I mean, yeah, it did, it did I, feel a, a little, robot. It did feel a little alright. We need an emotional moment for Polly to get her legs. Let's kill off the robot. Honestly, honestly, I don't mind it. Uh, because I think it served the um while while yes, yes, it did at the moment it did kind of feel like uh, you know, that check marked uh check off the list emotional character moment. Let's Let's kill off the disposable character. <laughs> or even the uh let's, let's let's kill off the disposable character who we met like a couple episodes ago. Uh but I honestly think that it did a fantastic job of lowering our guards for the Marcy scene. Because honestly, <laughs> after they killed off Frobo, I assumed I knew what was going to happen. It's like, okay. So we had a minor character death with Frobo. That's checked off the list. We had a main character fake out with Sprig. All right, I know where this show's going. I know what they're will. I I know what they're gonna do. And then it turns out that no, Frobo wasn't like the fake out at the beginning or the he was he he wasn't like just part of the list so they could say they had a character death. He was just the first casualty. Yeah, and that really uh we we've seen how strong Frobo could be, especially in his like debut episode or his I don't want to say his debut, but like his first major his appearance. Ma yes, his first major appearance, like of how strong he was, and Andrews basically just one shotted him. It did actually yeah, it, it also set like a very nice precedent for uh 
for for Andreas's power level. Because I, I talked earlier about how Frobo was shown to be stronger than Anne in his debut. And so this and so now <laughs> Andreas now we know that Andreas is significantly stronger than Frobo, who was stronger than Anne. Which 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 helps establish a, a greater concrete threat from Andreas. Well, on a segue from that, can we talk about um, Anne's Anne's calamity power form? Oh, I just wanted to. I just want to mention that, like when a uh, when Andreas smashes uh, Frobo, like the grease. Like it, like it drips off of Andrew's hands for like a few, like for a few frames, and then you can see like the it, it drips onto Frobo's body, and like yeah, you, you definitely cannot do that with the person. No, <laughs> yeah, they, you, can't, you can't. You can't get juices out of out of living people. In on a, in a Disney show. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, gargoyles did it once, but gargoyles did do it once. But yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of surprised. I was surprised that this episode did not even get like a TV PG. That was surprising to me, actually. I really thought it'd get TV yeah. PG, but apparently it's TV Y7, which I'm not sure I fully agree with. To be honest, I really, yeah, feel like, I really feel like the last scene makes it like a solid PG. <laughs> they could have made my conspiracy theories. That's why Disney let him release the promo so early. Was because it gives us hope that Marcy isn't dead. Dead. Yeah, I could see that. I could see that there was there 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 was it was definitely a lot more morbid. Like not knowing about the um, and not not knowing about the the scene in the intro, uh, and just like having to think about what's going to happen to Marcy for the three weeks before the official release. But I don't know. I I don't think we'll ever know fully. What exactly happened uh, with the delay? Maybe if Matt moves to a different network or what, or just doesn't work for Disney anymore, we might eventually get some sort of story. But maybe, yeah, maybe we're not going to get a full story. But not not for a long time. Not anyway, long time. Lemur, Lemur, you said you wanted to talk about the calamity powers, right? Yeah, that calamity, wait, wait, wait. calamity form. What, Lemur? Be- sorry, before we before we get to that, I just wanted to like. Have we discussed Polly getting her legs? I know it's it will it probably won't take too long. It's just I think I think I think weird. we haven't. Yeah, it is we weird. Haven't. Like if if her legs, I, like think... <laughs> I like the reaction. I like the reactions. I like Top Pop being like, "Oh, my little girl has legs," and then Spring like, "Well, this is weird." <laughs> I thought that run very true. Yeah. yeah. Like, I mean, her with legs was less weird looking than I thought it was gonna be. Because they kept them short, and yeah, they haven't changed the design all that much. I mean, obviously legs, but yeah, yeah. I think uh, Polly's legs were the like. I think it was like the perfect like I think length because I feel like anything longer than her like. Than her like stubby arms, then it would have gone really weird. I think it was just like that perfect. It was just borderline like unnatural, but like I can accept it. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know if you know this, but uh, when Polly is moving, she's no longer like in a perfect ball. She's stretched out a bit, which also makes it helps it look a little bit less weird. 
when she's running yeah when she's when she's when she's running they deform the circle a bit to make it look a little less awkward okay so like like so including the legs the body itself is like a circle but then like she's actually an oval yeah she becomes yeah this is this is just this is this isn't like a big realization this is just from like an animation and design standpoint they they clearly put a lot of thought into how to make legged poly move without it looking weird yeah i like like the minor details of her like like she can run but like she like still getting used to them where she like wobbles a little bit i will i will admit like she she got used to walking with legs pretty fast i mean she still like stumbles but like for the most part she's doing fine good i mean i'm not surprised because like polly has been established to like she's already she's already mastered wielding like multiple weapons that are probably heavier than her heavier than her <laughs> so i think walking is probably like the easiest task for her yeah that, that's true she she is very strong for a little tadpole And then, I guess, Selena, yeah, go, you, can, uh, you can start to talk about uh, Anne's Calamity powers. Okay. So, from the get-go, I want to say that the design of Anne's, of, his, of Anne's Calamity form, I, actually, I really like it. Like, it's like, it reminds me of, like, Beta Anne from, like, the first design of Anne, but, like, like tweak a little bit just to reflect the current design. I also like how the sticks and the leaves like change into the change into like a growing like something sentient. Like it's a growing plant just that further demonstrate her power. And the 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 fight scene itself and the fight scene between her and Andreas, oh my gosh, it was it was beautiful. Probably probably the best animated scene from the show so far. Like, I want to I want to give so much credits to to the to the um animation studio that animated that. I, it was it was all around fantastic. I really love it. Yeah, small blue animation. Thanks Pixels. Small what uh, that PC, small boo animation. Yeah, yeah. Small boo. Uh, small boo. Uh, did. Uh, yeah. Thanks, pixels. Small boo did a fantastic job with the animation. I'll be honest. The an the 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 calamity and fight was was very fun. I didn't really care as much about it as the character stuff going on, but it was really nice. And it I think it is a good idea of, of what we can expect going into the future, just like tone and action wise. We're gonna get we're gonna get more superpowers and that's that's kinda cool. I think my favorite thing about it though, um, was the fact that uh the no big deal light motif was playing during her during her transformation and fight. Oh, that was the motif that was playing? I thought that was, like, 
a part of Anne's theme. Um, oh, I'd have to re-listen to it, but I'm pretty certain that yeah, you can you can hear the uh, the no big deal light motif playing, which is pretty great. I'm if it, if it was Anne if I'm wrong and it's Anne's themes motif that's also just fine but I'm pretty sure it was no big deal. Oh, okay, that's cool. And I like how like it was a fight between Anne and Andrews, but it was mostly just the fight was short, but it made sense because it was mostly just Anne like lashing out in her grief. It wasn't as it wasn't much of a fight. Like he said, yeah. he had no control over it. Um, also, I'm not sure mentally, because he kept repeating, give him back, give him back. So I'm not sure, like, how much, like, even aside from turning them on and turning them off, like, just how aware she was of what was happening and how much of it was just instinct. Um, and I think the focus was more on establishing, oh, cool, she has powers, here's her basic power set. Mm-hmm. She can fly, she can shoot glowy stuff rather than being sort of a grand fight, if you know what I mean. It it definitely did not feel like a crazy grand fight. It was it was Anne coming into her powers and Andres mainly just playing the defensive until she got worn out. And which is it's surprising that basically like Anne was like Andres was giving it his all. And he was, like, putting up a fight against Anne, who was probably, like, just skimming the surface of her powers, which was an interesting matchup. Well, I mean, I do think that Andres is going to become... See, the thing is, Andres is going to have a more... We, we know in the, in the again, intro, so we're not going to get too into it. But we do see that Andres has more gear and more stuff in the future. Plus... Andres did not actually have his sword active at the time of fighting Anne. Yeah, he he pulled out like some like <laughs> futuristic shield. Which yeah, I don't, was that from his sword? Like hill? Was that from... shield, a shield generator in his in his like armor of some kind? Yeah. And like I'm guessing he's probably never had to use that. Not since. Probably not since he lost the boxer. It's like this man is probably like, like, brushing off on like, on gear that's like the hundreds of years old. Yeah, well, I mean, because his teenager is getting pissed. Yeah, well, I mean, we know that he didn't wear the armor a hundred years ago, and we know that because we finally got like an accurate scale between him and the frog and the toad. And he wasn't really that much bigger uh, than them. I mean, he was bigger. But in the flashback, Andreas was only like maybe twice the size of the toad. And he is significantly larger now. So whatever armor he has now, it's either some sort of ancestral thing or something he specifically made for himself in his current size. And on that point, I will say that frog was pretty clearly a planner. I'd be shocked if it wasn't an oh, ancestor. Yeah. I mean, the red it, hair, the pink skin. I mean, I mean, they they've made so many references to pink skin being rare this season. It's soup. They're making it. They're they're basically spelling it out for us that the frog was a planter.
yeah, and even Hop Hop like mentioned, yeah, the Doctor P, and also Hop Hop having that book where he said, "Oh, that that book's is that book has been in my family as long as I've remember, like as long as I can remember." Mm-hmm. So it's the planter name is a, uh, it runs deep in this world. It does, it does. Although, I mean, to be fair, it's not like this is that big a surprise. We we already kind of no. guessed, but getting a clear picture makes it like very obvious. I mean, there it's so it's so deep. Like the the planet name runs so deep, it's literally underground. Yeah, it is. It is. <laughs> And then, uh, I like that Hop Hop and uh, Grime team up. Yeah, no, I mean it was it was a it was a momentary thing. We also got an Olivia and Yunin team up, which I know was making a lot of people very happy. But the the secondary character I... team ups was was fun to see. I was surprised how you I. I don't think anyone anywhere guessed that if Andreas was revealed to be a villain, Yunnan would wind up siding against him. No, I actually, I did have some predictions for season three, and I assumed Yunnan would be serving Andreas. But in my defense, I didn't expect you get Andres... everything else right. Well, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm no, I'm... not that. I, I was not expecting Andreas to go full mask off in true colors. I thought he would try to keep up the facade a bit more. And I think that I was surprised too, but looking back, like we've seen how little like I think back in the first temple, he was not concerned at all of like the state of a uh, the state of like affairs in Amphibia, where, like, the frogs are revolting, the toads are considering revolting, and he was completely, like, uninterested in any of that. Well, I mean... So, like, the moment... Oh, yeah. So, like, the moment he gets the box and he has access to, like, to his own private army, like, pretty much Newtopia is just... I not, Not the castle itself, but, like, the people, Newtopia, like, it's not really much of a concern for him. Oh, yeah, I mean, once once he gets the box back and fully charged, he doesn't need to worry about this petty stuff anymore. He's he's got the solution to all his problems right there. Yunnan's grand utopian army is pointless now that he has an army of laser robots. Yeah, I think I think going into the future, we will see Olivia and Yunnan being rebels, uh, which 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 will be fun, but. Judging from the uh, from what we have seen, they're not going to be playing a huge part, which is unfortunate because I do like those two. I was surprised Olivia didn't like participate in the final fight because, like, I remember like back in uh, the sleepover to end all sleepovers, like she was able to beat up the kids. She was able, she was willing to beat up a bunch of children, but then she didn't uh, get her hands dirty against these frobos. Yeah, that was a little odd. Yeah, maybe it was off screen. Did more fighting than Olivia did, but I mean, I'm just I'll, I'll just let it slide for now. Hop Pop is a bit more of an important character than Olivia, so I get why they showed him fighting, but not her. Oh, are we gonna talk about uh? Speaking of Olivia, are we gonna talk about Oliver? 
<laughs> okay, I mean, what's there even to say? Um, I mean, look, it was it was clearly a mistake by uh, by one of the animation studios. They got the wrong character sheet in or something, and nobody noticed. One frame. Yeah. Are you guys talking about Oliver? We are talking about Oliver. Yes. <laughs> oh my god. Um, for those of you who don't know, uh, during for for one frame, uh, of of the um of the of the episode, uh, Olivia has been replaced by a random background newt from the new Turk. Uh, and he's just kind of standing there. It it's uh it's it's just it's just a weird mistake that they didn't they didn't catch. I'm sure it, it's not too hard to find the memes. We have taken to calling him Oliver because he's male Olivia. That's that's the joke. That's the well, reason why. Well, I thought he was called Oliver because uh he he like he just reminds me of like Oliver Twist. <laughs> I thought it was because because he was a male replacement for Olivia. I don't actually know now. I just assume that that, that makes. I I I'm sh I'm sure that's the that's the reason why I just <laughs> his hat and his like shirt plain shirt like makes him look like I don't know. <laughs> you, guys, you guys went ham with the Oliver jokes when uh, when the delay was still going on, huh? Yeah, we we made a lot of Oliver jokes about how Oliver we, caused the delay. Yeah, we we were left in the dark for three weeks. <laughs> Look, we had to cope somehow, Lemur. Uh, I get it. I get it. <laughs> is there what? What else is? I feel like we've actually discussed most of it besides the ending. Well, yeah, the, the input. I mean, we've talked about we've talked a lot about about Marcy getting stabbed, but Come the on. only thing we haven't really talked what? that much about is um is the fact that Anne's back. Yeah. Well, wait, wait. Before before that, do 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 we talk about like how the castle just yeah, took off and has a and yeah? And I we talked about it in the chat, but we didn't talk about here about how uh, I even forgot to mention the the giant gun <laughs> on top of the oh castle. My God. I mean, I, I mean that, that anyone watching this has already seen the episode. Yeah. I don't think they'll. I don't think they'll yeah, yeah. the flying castle of a giant laser cannon. I just. Yeah. You, this is where you start to get more of the uh, the Laputa Castle in the Sky references, besides Frobo early on in season two. Oh. So I'm just, yeah, you can see the uh, the Ghibli, the, the Ghibli Zelda references all like thrown into the show. Want to point out that you're also right again with the whole laser thing. Yeah, but okay, yeah, yeah, I did call the laser thing, um, but. It looked a lot like a laser cannon. What can I say? I think it just looks like a peak. No. Yeah, that that the the trigger, like that long thing sticking out, like that's very like we were all wondering like what's the point of that? And then like it's like it's a, basically a trigger or like the releasing mechanism. Yeah. No, the animation it's a nice for the, the animation for the cannon firing was pretty cool. And I do hope we get to see a little bit more of that before it's inevitably gets disabled in time for the final fight. Um, I, I mean, say, yeah, that's... that's the, Oh, go ahead, PC. I, I will say that the existence of that giant-ass cannon does make the only viable place for the 
rebellion to like exist is going to be in Frog Valley since it has mountains protecting it from the giant death laser. Yes. So I think castle flies over the mountains and brings the giant death laser. But yeah. Yeah. I I I mean, look. I maybe maybe like, the castle just can't fly that high. Yeah. Like the when we saw the episode like I I know we're far, like <laughs> we're a long way off from season 3, but like I feel like that like the fact that Frog Valley is is concealed by the uh actually okay PC finish my thought I'll be right back. Um well I mean I believe what I believe what he was saying is that uh the fact that Frog Valley is is concealed from the rest of of Amphibia by a ring of mountains and that ring of mountains is very high and like explicitly said to be incredibly cold and dangerous to cross it it makes frog valley an incredibly important place going into season three with you know we, i mean we know sasha is gonna keep the rebellion going and i mean frog valley is really the only place where it can where that can happen yeah like I think this is paying off like <laughs> this is paying off the plot point that has been on place in season one where the frog revolution that has been taking place. But then Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, but this, like in season three it's gonna reach uh fever pitch in that point. We're and actually going I, to see the frog rebellion there. Frog yeah, and also, to a lesser extent, the Southern Towers and Frog Valley, which is always good. Yeah. There's there's still three towers left, from what I recall. East, West, and South. Because Nord is now dead. Yeah. Although, you never know with Aldo. He was pretty much already dead, so... <laughs> For, out of the entire... Ev everyone in the North Tower is dead. Everyone well, what I'm North saying yeah. is Aldo was already pretty much a corpse. Ex extra dead. Double dead. Ah, uh, but you cannot kill it. Well. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah, no real closure for Crime and Sasha. No, I mean, that'll be season three. Yeah, that'll be season three. Yeah, I want to point out, like, again, with the persistence. She, she's gonna, she's going to be, like, she's going to lead the Amphibious Last Stand, I guess. From and yeah. from Andreas's reign. Yeah. <laughs> I no, think I, I think Sasha mm -hmm. is Sasha is absolutely going to be going into season three. The I guess the main human protagonist for Amphibia because she's the only one left. To be fair, yeah. And I I I do think, and this is getting a bit into the intro, but everyone's seen it. It, it it's it's literally after the main release. Uh, I I really do think that we're going to be getting some Marcy versus Sasha fights in Amphibia, and I look forward to that a lot. Yeah. Well, I also I don't think this has been mentioned yet, and if it is, uh, sorry for being repetitive, but I mentioned before that someone someone told someone uh, before said that why the the le the the lessons from the temple aren't applied so far in the show like, like 
Well, they're not they're not applied, but like they're not really that relevant to the episodes that they appeared on, like the temple episodes. I think, but I my thoughts on that is because the lessons that they, that the girls learned from all three temples are going to play in future episodes, and now we're seeing it right now. Like it's going to play on season three. Oh yeah, Marcy, Marcy, Marcy learned humility for see. Marcy learned humility once again, the ultimate, by paying the ultimate price to save her friends and seeing and saying sorry for everything that she has done. And Anne learns responsibility because she is now going to be the sole protector of her world from Andreas's forces. And Sasha is going to learn persistence for being the leaders, for being one of the leaders of the persisting frog rebellion. Yeah, absolutely. And I think in uh, Anna Akana's interview with Matt, like, she mentioned that, like, Sasha's a leader, but just needs to, like, learn compassion, right? So, like, now yes. that she's, like... Oh, yeah, go ahead, Lemur, like... No, I-, I was going to say, like, now that she now that she's the leader, she's going to learn compassion to other people. And what better place to learn compassion than in Wardwood? Yeah, she's going to learn a lot about being empathetic and being a being a better person in general in season three. For sure, like with her separated from like, I think what was the last thing Anne said to Sasha? Oh wait, no, no, no. I, I, I was thinking. I thought that. Anne and Anne and Sasha's last conversation was like at the very beginning of True Colors, but then I remember like Anne like Anne asked Sasha, oh, you have my back, and then Anne and then Sasha's like, Yeah, I do, whatever. Yeah, but like that's the last thing I rem- that's the last thing I remember them saying to each other. The you do have my back thing. After Sasha that, said it was just mainly fighting. Uh the big the big um you know the the big Super Saiyan moment. And it's not the a human last, thing. The last thing that Sasha says to Anne is, "We'll hold him off. Just go." Yeah, I was going to point that out. <coughs> and, and Anne does not say anything in return. So that was that was the, those were the last words exchanged between them. Well, at least they trust each other now. It, it's not fully, but it's because they have a bigger issue to deal with. Yeah, Andreas is kind of uh and Andreas is definitely uh passing the Godzilla threshold. Yeah. Like he is he is he is the greater threat. Also makes also makes the reconciliation between Anne and Sasha a lot easier. I mean, I don't think they've reconciled yet. Well ne- yeah, they they haven't reconciled. But <laughs> now they're but now they're like on equal goal. Like they're they're now on equal grounds with each other. Yeah, I agree. It is helpful to their path forward that they now have a common enemy. Yeah. Um, I agree, though, that obviously this isn't done yet, that Sasha still needs to make amends. And it'll be hard for Anne to trust her even more so now. But hopefully... Yeah, I think... 
I'm not too worried about that because I think Sasha is going to be learning a lot of lessons on her own, having to help people fight against Andreas. So and like, I think, yeah, I think that I think that by the time Anne and Sasha reunite, Sasha will have grown into a new and better person. Yeah, but I do think that once Anne gets a little bit of downtime with Sasha, even if Sasha has become like a better person, like Anne is going to like need time to adjust to that. Yeah. I think she's going to be apologetic by that time because Wart would really uh, groan to her by that point. Yeah. Who who needs therapy when you have Wartwood? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So... Final scene, man. I guess. Yeah, fine yeah, scene. I guess. I mean, I guess we get to talk about that. I mean, like I said, um, Marcy gets stabbed. We we all saw it. We all know what happens. We've all we all we all bared witness. Yeah, we've all discussed it. Uh, I don't really know how much more there else is to say about that particular scene. To be honest. Well, I mean, I'm talking about the final, final. final yeah, the final, final scene where they got transported back to Earth. <laughs> yeah, I will say, I, I really do like the use of framing and uh, windowing <laughs> in the um in that scene where when they first land on the car and they're looking through the windshield at the people in the car, you can see that there's a home moving. There's like a moving truck behind, par- you know, parked behind the car they landed on. And through the back, you can just see the word home, like perfectly framed yeah. in the back wind in the back uh windshield. And that's just that's just good shit. That's that's just good cinematography, Matt. And I know you're never going to hear this, but I want you to know that I saw that and I appreciate the shit out of that touch. Yeah, they're home now. Well, Anne's home. The planners are farther from home than they've ever been. I never thought that we would actually explore Earth in this series because we've been. I we thought that it's just been exclusively about Amphibia, but I, now, hmm? well, like I thought, with the way that the show was like, spe- like going through like the trip to Utopia and like. The, the temple quest all in this season like I, I i thought that we were going to see another dimension at the end of this season or not see another dimension i i i thought the episode would end on them getting teleported i just never expected like earth of all places i thought we'd yeah. see like one of those like r- those worlds that andrew showed in his book where like yeah, the flaming I, world or Mossman world i never thought we'd get back all. to earth until the finale I, yeah I'd raise the possibility, but like I thought it was going to be Sweet Girls. I mean, I'd always said that, oh, it would be fun to see how the planners would react to Earth. But I thought that would not that that would be the whole premise of the third season. Yeah, like you brought that back all the way when we talk about uh, the first temple. You mentioned how season three is going to open about them being on Earth. I just never thought that would actually happen. But the circumstances were, I thought it was going to be they, all three of the girls went home, but or then they needed to yeah. go back because yeah. they wanted to save the planners or grime or whatever. 
not you know this this, this was a real curveball this was a real curveball and and yeah the crew is proven the, yeah. uh, the amphibia crew for going for it yeah like these, these guys are ace right now like stabbing a main character is bold for a disney show but like completely changing the setting and premise of your show for the final season i don't know i mean that's not any show that's not actually that on a lot of dtva shows change their premise for the last season like uh i mean i mean i mean i mean Okay, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say the word. Star Versus also did that. Well, not it was for the last two. Yeah. They okay. For the last two. Well, for, for third season. Yeah, so at the end of season two, yeah. for the third season, they flipped the, the world, the setting. Which, and, and it's ha- it's happened in other. It's happened in other things. So it's not out of the blue. It's just not something I ever thought that they'd do, to be honest. It's because Amphibia is just so... I mean, centered on amphibia. Yeah. But, but the I fact mean, that the show is now called Southern California. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, there is stuff that I want to say, but that's all relating to the intro, and I know that we're saving that discussion for another time. Yeah. But yeah, I, I'm just that I'm, that deserves its own conversation. I I, I, I think. Yeah. It really does. I just never thought that we're actually going to get to explore Earth. Like, we've been denied of Earth content for so long. Like, Earth has been, like, a mystery to us for so long. So the fact that we're actually going to explore Earth in the final season is, like, it's, like, mind-blowing to me. No, not, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, it's 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 gonna be great. It's gonna be fantastic. It's it is gonna be fantastic. So we're gonna see the planters living in the uh the big city. <laughs> uh big big city amphibia. And uh it, it's and I'm sure fun. I'm sure the the storyboard storyboard artists will have an easier time or maybe we'll get season three faster since they're drawing their backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Actually, I I wouldn't be surprised. The um, some of the city. Okay, a little 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 bit in the intro. So the the backgrounds that you see in the intro are really complicated. Like, and the character. Uh, I can't talk about it, but I wouldn't be surprised if 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 they spent if if stuff if the designs for backgrounds and characters get even more complicated on Earth than they do. In amphibia, even like even in the ending alone, like it it look Earth looks complex. To it, it, I think it's actually really I think it's a really interesting way of doing it because amphibia, you know, it is a swamp, but it it definitely feels like a lot more open. While mm-hmm. even even just that one shot, in there's the, so much uh, going. It's on. very dense. It's very yeah. dense. It's almost claustrophobic. Everything's so tightly packed together. And there's just such a great contrast between the two worlds. Like, even Newtopia, the biggest city, didn't really feel as dense as that one shot of of uh, of Earth did. It, it might be actually possible that there would be so much more things to explore on Los Angeles than in, than in the world of Amphibia itself. Well, I, I don't that know may, about that. That may but... be 
Yeah, that may be hyperbole, but like in the terms of like details of the details of the settings is what I mean. See, I see. I was I was planning. I I did have a bunch of speculation planned because I knew we were doing this, but then the friggin' season three intro dropped, and I now I just want to talk about that. Yeah, that really back to square one. <laughs> I mean, I have speculation now, but it's speculation actually based on something. I re I really am curious about the speculations you guys had when the. Uh... Before the intro, before the season three intro dropped. Well, I mean, before it, I mean... It wasn't much, that. but it was like... Well, like, I guess before we got what we did, it was... It was more like, okay, they're back on Earth. What are, what are their steps to get back? And is Anne going to see her parents before she goes back to him? But then now it's like a whole other thing. Yeah, no, there was a lot more focus on our speculation side about like how they were going to get back to Amphibia and, and less about what they were actually going to do on Earth. But the intro has made it clear a lot of stuff is going to be happening on Earth. Oh my god. I can't wait for next week, man. I, I just want to talk about it. I know. I, I guess the big question, the big question going into season three is how much what what percentage of earth to amphibia episodes are we getting because that's, that's a good question that's the big question i mean if they're willing to put in the vast majority of that intro is on earth and i mean yeah. i feel like i feel like they will i feel like most of the episodes will be on earth but I think there's there's gonna have to be some amphibia episodes for sure. Yeah, particularly Sasha because they need to develop they need to develop her character fast. Well, I don't think and, they need to develop her character any faster than they have been. I think well, her character has gone through solid development so far. Well, they just need well, to do not, it. They just need to you know do it. Yeah, like what Keep I said. Like, yeah, yeah. Keep on I meant like. On. And then there's also there's also the question of how much you could do on Earth with before you bring in elements of amphibia into it, and if you're bringing elements into amphibia into Earth, what are like what's going to be the uh, the bridge between amphibia and Earth to have so those events happen box. on Earth? Um, yes, the box, but uh, like like what is Oh man, this is also speculation for next week. Oh, I can't. Yeah, uh... see, that's the problem. There's not much more we can talk about without stepping on the toes of the next episode. The question is, how are they going to balance this in twenty ep in twenty half hours? Again, that that's. I think it's doable. I think it's doable. It's doable. Yeah, it is doable. That's, that's for next week. All right. All right. Yeah. So I think are we ready to wrap up? I th yeah, I think, I think is that said, everything? I think I've said pretty much all I can. Yeah. Thumb. Yo, Thumb, you there? All right. Thumb Thumb has 
Well, I get. I guess in the meantime, any any last thoughts? Oh, he's uh, gone. Oh, he's gone. Oh, uh, wait, here's back. Well, his his audio bot should still be recording. Yeah, like we're still. Yeah. So, okay. oh, thank goodness. I mean, is there anything yeah. else you guys want to? Well, I think we. Is there anything we else we need to cover? Everything. I, I think, think we I mean, pretty much covered yeah. everything. I feel like I feel like we've covered. We've done a lot of talking, and we've covered pretty much. I mean, we've I mean, there is always more stuff we could be talking about, but honestly, I feel like we've covered all the main beats. Yeah, all the main elements. So I think, I guess we'll call it a night then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyone, yeah, anyone sure. have any yeah. final statements yeah. they want to make on on True Colors? So I guess Probably starting with Limo, oh sorry, okay, starting with Uzbek, do you oh, want to like what are your, what are your final thoughts on this episode? Like, how do you feel? <laughs> Great finale, but tragic in a lot of areas in a good way. Yeah. So see y'all. Lemur, what do you, what were your thoughts on this finale? I don't think like even this podcast can really sum up how truly how truly amazing this episode is. I I I I said this before and I'll state it again. True Colors is might possibly be one of the greatest episodes that Disney Television Animation has ever produced. And that's saying something because they already did one of them this March. It is it is everything I've wanted and more. And it's pretty much, it's basically almost perfect. It's the, it's the perfect season finale. And it is the, it is such, it's an, it's an amazing feat for, for DTVA. And it really pushed their boundaries so much. I really am looking for, I'm so happy about how it turned out. I'm so happy that I waited four weeks for this. It is totally worth it. And I, and Matt and the crew should be very much proud of, for this episode. Really hope, really hope the, it really hope the release of this episode went as planned. But what we still got is easily trumps the weight and the pain that we have to go through. I'm very happy. I'm very much looking forward to seeing the final chapter of Amphibia. All right. Thank you, Lemur. And uh, PC, what are your final thoughts on this episode? I mean, I know this isn't going to, this is not going to be a surprise, but absolutely fantastic episode. Definitely a contender for one of the best things DTVA has put out in a very long time. An excellent escalation of themes and stakes from the previous season finale that has been built up to naturally over the course of the last two seasons. And I think, above all, it is a demonstration of Matt Braley and the crew's willingness to do whatever it takes to tell the story they want to tell. And that is something I only have respect for. All right. Thank you, PC. And yeah, like I I love this finale. Like the show is definitely like taking a risk with the direction they're going in, but 
like I I have faith in that I have like I believe they can pull it off. Like they've they've already they've already built like they've they've done so like they've done a lot of great work building this world, building the characters. So like I'm confident that they'll pull off whatever they have planned next. Like they they definitely have a plan of where they want to go and where they want the sto- how the story to end. So I'm just in it for the like I'm along. I'm tagging along for the ride and seeing where it takes me. T- it takes all of us. So, yeah. I guess I with I, that, I guess we'll. Oh, you want to say something, Lemur? I just want to say that I think Amphibia is slowly but surely on its way to becoming one of the best shows in DTVA in in DTVA's library. It's for really, sure. yeah, it's really etching. It's really creeping in on that top tier ter- territory. So I guess, well, that pretty much concludes this week's episode. Thank you all for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Say goodnight, everyone. Good night.